Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music. For all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com/newsadfree to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of 20 Minute Tims. Just before Brendan Rodgers was announced as the Celtic manager for the second time, we sat down to have a look back at his recruitment first time around to find out if it really was as bad as everyone remembers. So the following is an episode of our Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Breakfast of Champions. If you like this, then you can subscribe to more of these weekly Breakfast of Champions episodes at patreon.com slash 20minutetims. Enjoy! Good morning, folks, and welcome to the first post-season breakfast of champions, the breakfast of Brendy, as we're naming this, <laughs> for all for reasons that will become clear once we get into it. I'm Stephen, that's Melly. Melly, how's it going? We have a... Uh, the season may be over, but silly season is, is just beginning, isn't it? I feel like every time we turn around, there's more news coming out, there's stuff being denied, there's more rumours, there's... Of course, we are talking about the maybe imminent news that Brendan Rodgers may or may not be returning, depending on what hour of the day it is, may or may not be returning to Celtic. We recorded a, a flagship podcast on Monday where we spoke about the various pros and cons and the, the various controversies and difficulties when it comes to accepting Brendan Rodgers back. But how are you feeling a few days on from that? Uh, I'm, I'm just excited now, Stephen. I think yeah. the, <laughs> the fact is that the prodigal son looks like he's returning and like, don't while, bring his religion in here, that's terrible. Yep, 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 straight in there. <laughs> uh, while it is, there is a lot of baggage with it, he is by far, in a way, the most outstanding candidate. Even yeah. if you take out the Celtic bit in his career, when else are Celtic going to get a guy that's managed three different teams fairly successfully in the Premier League at an age where he's he's not washed out. He's he's still a very good manager. And look, when you bring in the Celtic stuff, brilliant. He won every trophy he entered. But then there is the, the baggage that comes along with that. I, I made peace with it a long time ago. I can't be bothered holding a grudge against somebody for longer than a year at most, especially in football. That's just how it is these days. So looking forward to it now. Still, still... Not at the back of my mind, right at the forefront of my mind. I think I can see this. I can see it all panning out, see him standing there at Celtic Park, but I can also see it that it just doesn't happen. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not Aye. going all That's in yet until I will believe it when I see it. So I've still got that reservation. But why we're here today, so, so much chat about Brendan Rodgers and the various pros and cons, as we said earlier. But there's been a lot of chat about his recruitment 
Now, we have already said that there is more to it than just this manager is crap at recruitment. Far, far more to it than that. Because Brendan Rodgers, Lee Congerton, Peter Lawwell, to what degree each of those people were responsible for it? fact is, they were all responsible for it in yep. some way or another, right? So it wasn't just one man. However, we are just left with a list. When you look back through history, you're just left with a list with of players that that manager signed. So much talk about how it's garbage, right? It started off really well and it's absolute shite apart from that. So we thought we'd have a wee look at it this morning. <laughs> we, we are going to do... A modified version of one of our very popular tier lists that we that we do. Rogers so we're going to take roulette. Good shout, good shout. It's Rogers Roulette. What we're going to do is we're going to randomise these names. We're going to take every player that Brandon, uh, Brendan Rogers, uh, I said Brandon Rogers there, every player that Brendan Rogers signed, feed them into the highly sophisticated AI bot name generator, Timsey, Timsey 3000, our, our dedicated computer for these things. See how they come out and we're going to analyse that and put them into one of three different categories. Self-explanatory categories here. Top tier, game changer, the elite, guys who change the direction for Celtic, the absolute top, the cream, the, the creme de la cream. The creme de la the crop. Uh, the creme de la crop of, of Brendan Rodgers signing the top tier. Middle, meh, did a job. <laughs> Again, fairly self-explanatory there. The guys who are so average that it's barely even worth talking about. And right under that, we're going miserable flop. <laughs> Only three tiers, so we're going no. to have to be ruthless here. We're going to need to be ruthless. Miserable flop could mean that they barely played or right up to the fact that they played all the time and were absolutely garbage. We're going to have to be ruthless just to get through it. Yes, indeed. Maybe at the end of it, we might come to some sort of pattern. Something might emerge. We're going to have a look at who was signed in what window and all that, but... We'll we'll get to that once we've gone through all the players. So I'm going to spin the wheel. Right, I'm going right, to so there's 27 players, isn't there? 27 players are being currently fed into Timsey 3000, and we'll see what the first name of the highly sophisticated computer is. So here we go. <laughs> what a start, right? We're off to a flyer. It's Doris de Vries. Doris oh. de Vries, the, the sweeper keeper extraordinaire. Doris de Vries is the first name out of the hat. Where's he going, really? Hmm. <laughs> Miserable <laughs> flop, Stephen. Absolutely oh. terrible. We thought we were getting this sweeper keeper play out for the back. Uh, yes, he could pass the ball. Could not save, Stephen. Could not save. No. Miserable flop, and I have nothing more to say about it. <laughs> no. it obviously, it's a slightly different format to our normal tier list, and that there's usually three of us, and if there's a disagreement, someone gets the, the casting vote here. I don't see much of that happening today. I don't see many disagreements, <laughs> to be honest, because they're all fairly black and white, or black, grey and white, as the, the three-tier system goes. But Doris de Vries, I remember when he came in, there was this... It's not something that was particularly new, but there was a huge move towards the ball playing goalkeepers mm. at that time. It was the it was better girl at the time. At the same time, didn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. So it wasn't particularly new. It wasn't brand new in football, but there was a huge move towards it. So I think in the same summer or thereabouts, Celtic signed Doris, Doris De Vries, Man City signed Claudio Bravo, yep. and Liverpool signed Loris Carius, and all three of them are absolutely shite. And I thought. <laughs> 
is this the single worst tactical revolution that's ever happened in football? I mean, I mean things were developed on and those teams were, were kind of fine after that. They, they, they recovered from it. But I remember how much of a disaster he was. Who was the guy? I can never remember this guy's name, but the guy from Kilmarnock who scored for about 40 Kula yards. Koulibaly. That's it. Yeah, Koulibaly. Not that one, Koulibaly. No arguments about it. Doris DeVries goes straight into miserable flop. Uh, he even came up with his own knuckleball thing, didn't he? Because he was oh. that gash at saving. Oh, <laughs> terrible. He played against Barcelona as well, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Aye, the, the 7-0 uh, one. Yes. Steven, <laughs> going into next. No, no, just, just any time, right? Celtic, big game coming up. You've got the choice. Currently, Joe Hart's injured and you get... Barkas or De Vries, who do you want? <laughs> oh, uh, a very similar problem, isn't it, really? Yeah, they don't uh, save anything. Yeah, they don't save anything. Was De Vries maybe marginally better with his feet than Barkas was? That's really hard to tell. There's, <laughs> there's nothing between them at all. Just the money, really. Just the uh, fee is the only difference. Sadly, he has retired now, De Vries as well. He's 42 years old, so we got the the tail end of him. <laughs> by the looks of it. Good night, sweet prince. Doris De Vries. Miserable flop. Next out of Timsey 3000 Olivia and Cham Ooh, oh that's, a, that's an interesting one an, an interesting one Olivia and Cham somewhat controversially I'm going to I'm going to vote for Game Changer here I think he was a good signing I know things didn't necessarily end all that well for him either he was let go eventually wasn't he he sort of yeah. just freed even though he still had some of his contract left and that followed on the back of a I mean that added to the the rancour behind the the scenes about how maybe Celtic were urged to knock back bids for him. Some chat about like Porto. 10, 12 million from Porto and that, that get knocked back and all that. So it was, it kind of contributed to the, to the discord, um, to the difficulties behind the scenes. So Olivia Chum, I think was a great signing, really. It could have been better, but he contributed massively. Always did well against Rangers, which we enjoy. Scored a couple against them. Remember, he scored a penalty. Yeah. Gave him, gave him a penalty. Scored that winner at Celtic Park in that, that game. It was good for Lennon as well. I remember when they made that change to the 3-5-2, just at the kind of tail end of that season. Jam contributed massively in that midfield. He he became part of that sort of midfield dynamic. So I actually think he was good. I don't, I don't, think, he's, I don't think he's meh did a job. I think he's above that, so we're really only left with Game Changer. Mm, we need a new category, Stephen. Lazy. That's what we need. Lazy. <laughs> Lazy French boy. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy and raw. Chams <laughs> uh, Chams difficult because he's not meh. If it's between men, Game Changer, Needed I kind of need to agree me. with you that more because I can. Like, he obviously had a lot of bad games. There was a game against St Mirren, he was sent off. There was times where he looked like he couldn't be bothered, but. As well, there was some big, big performances from right. him. I remember the Astana game in the Champions League qualifier. I remember saying after it, and Cham's built for this level. Yeah. There was that pass to Tierney for the goal against Anderlecht. Yeah. There was that goal against Rangers as well. It uh, could have been better. It could have been so much more. But I think the double treble season, his first season, he was good. I think the following season... He was decent as well. Uh, and then the season after that, once Celtic switched to that 3 5 2, like you said, he was decent. So I am, if I'm pushed, I'm going to need to put him in game changer, but I can completely see why people would put him in yeah. meh. But for me. It's a soft game changer, isn't it? A soft uh, game changer. He, he'd hard maybe meh. Be the, <laughs> the last 
the the yeah, last yeah, guy yeah. in Game uh, Changer, wouldn't he? Yeah. Next up, another goalkeeper, Scotty Bain. Scott Bain. Now, I don't know. The only know... signing still here. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Really, see, he's the only brother, Brendy, uh, signing still. Uh, it is quite a long time right now if he's been away, but aye, that's, that's interesting. Just get a new contract, of course. Yeah. Yet another new contract for Scott Bain. I I don't think we can put him. I I don't think we can put him in miserable flop because he's done a job here and there when Keepers called are upon. Keepers different, aren't they? Especially not first choice. Very rarely called upon, but when he has, I don't think he's been an outright disaster. I think the Vries was worse than Bain. I think Bain had decent games. I remember him having a decent game against Rangers, making a really important save from Morelos when Morelos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ibrooks when the whole thing about Morelos was he hadn't scored against Celtic at that point and he he had a big chance and Scott Bain saved it. So it's not much, but I think it's enough to elevate him above miserable flop because I mean, what do you really expect from a at times second, at times third choice keeper? Good in the dressing room, Stephen, a right good teammate. gets a big meh for me. <laughs> a big meh. Up next, Timo Weir. Timo Weir, another fairly controversial one, it could be argued. Good player, did he really do anything of note for Celtic? Uh, I mean, a good player elsewhere. I think he's he's always played at a somewhat decent level, at Lille and all that. Did he really do anything for Celtic? Probably not. I can remember a couple of goals. The St Johnston one sticks out because he was in that strip that became... Uh, very popular after it was out. Uh, I think he got two goals, did he? <sighs> Outright flop for me, Stephen, because yeah. he came in with a big reputation. And, and maybe outright flop is a bit harsh, but for that time for Celtic, I expected more, I wanted more, and he just didn't do it. Plus, he'd rather have played for USA in some daft yeah, competition right. than stay for Celtic to win a Scottish Cup. So, flop it is. I prefer no, your dad. <laughs> definitely prefer your dad yeah no arguments here no arguments here I'm not going to make much of a case for Timo away I thought he was just alright but I'm not going to I'm not going to fight for him to be meh I remember it was the reason that sticks in my mind is not because of a performance of his it was because I was in a different seat I was sat over in the kind of family section for some reason uh, against Hibs it was a nighttime kickoff. I'm sure can't remember it, but I remember watching him and thinking it was just just wanting something from him, really. Just, uh, just uh, quite a disappointing player overall, really. And then uh, another one that ended quite poorly. Here we go. Johnny Hayes. Johnny Hayes, <laughs> perhaps the most controversial of all. Change my mind. Right. I don't want Brendan anymore. I don't want Brendan anymore. <laughs> he caused all this. He caused all this. <laughs> so Scott Bain is the one we've established who is the only one who's still here, but many people would still love it if Johnny Hayes was the one who was still here all these years later. Should never have let him go. No. The biggest should never have let him go of all time, maybe aside from Lee Griffiths. Johnny Hayes, I thought was crap. I thought, yes. I thought he was garbage. A likeable guy, no doubt about it. A likeable guy, tried really hard. But that's not enough for me. That's not enough for me. It's enough for some people. Enough for some people who say he gets it and all that sort of stuff. But I thought he was terrible. A terrible footballer. Um, contributed nothing going forward. What was it? One goal? Yeah. One, uh, something like that. Oh, it scored against Rangers at Ibrooks, of yeah. course. That's a, that's that's his crowning moment. Uh, other than that, just 
woefully inept performances at left back. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the the mind virus is out there that has convinced people that he did really well and he, he'd never let us down and he, he did a job in these positions. I thought he was shite. I, I really do. Terrible I thought he was absolutely football. terrible. I remember back when we, we had a previous format of match coverage before COVID killed it and we kind of adjusted after that. I remember us all watching the a game at Tynecastle. Yep, midweek game. Yep, uh, uh, we all we all watched it together for the purposes of a podcast, and we were sitting there like genuinely laughing, laughing at Johnny Hayes because he just could not put a foot right at all, just couldn't do it, um, and and he looked <laughs> just completely out of his depth. It's not his fault. He was an Aberdeen player that had a holiday at Celtic and then went straight back to Aberdeen, and and people who say we should never have let him go. You do realise he's just been right there the whole time. You, you can just watch Aberdeen if you want. Year, nothing. <laughs> Not even <laughs> standing out at all. Nah, flop for me. Because you know about a million quid as well. Yep. Oh, we're really trolling the depths here. Jack Henry. Jack Henry is next up. Our answer to John Stones back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? I think it might even have been something we discussed on our podcast back then, purely because he was supposed to be this elegant centre half ball playing centre half and he, he he was physically quite reminiscent of John Stones yeah. that if you if you squinted your eyes a little bit looked at him and uh, if you took your glasses off you, they don't look too dissimilar uh, so there was a, a John Stones chat uh, Who had the uh, last we, laugh Stephen? Eh? <laughs> I was going to say we record this mere days after John Stones was arguably the best player in the pitch in the Champions League final <laughs> and Jack, <laughs> Jack played in midfield <laughs> and Jack Henry did not do that so I <laughs> Jack Henry was, he's another one that I would lump in with Johnny Hayes. He's just a guy who found himself at a level he didn't belong at at all. It wasn't really his fault. Uh, I, I, was I don't bit... know. Like he's a Scotland international. He's uh, he's played at big clubs since he left Celtic. It just, it just wasn't the right move for the guy, uh, was it? it? Just There was injuries he was playing on. He got played at right back sometimes. I, I think... The idea behind uh, Jack Henry was good, but he just wasn't up to Celtic standard at the time. Maybe if we got Jack Henry now, but was he, what, 28 or 29 now? Like, yeah, he's had a no. very, very, very good career. He's uh, my pal John done a podcast with him, and he speaks really well and all that, and he's enjoyed his time away. Just Celtic didn't work out for him, and he'll always have that meme of him at the Far Hill where he's going round in circles, <laughs> Somebody mashing the buttons on the PlayStation <laughs> control pad. I, 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 I'm tempted. I, I would be tempted to make a case for him for Met at the job because I, I remember fondly everyone who contributed to that win at Ibrox, and I remember he came on. Or did he play it right back? He played it right back in that win at Ibrox, and I thought, right, he's he's done all right there. He's contributed towards that. But other than that, I'm reaching. It's outrageous, flop, isn't it? I found myself thinking about Jack Kendry again recently because, sad to say it, but Kobe Ashley's starting to give me those vibes. <laughs> I remember like talking about Jack Kendry at the time thinking, right, I, I understand what this is supposed to be. I get the theory of it, but the practical of it is that he looks just like a bad footballer. Yeah. He just looks like a bad player. Kobe Ashley hasn't, hasn't quite reached that yet, but the early signs are that it's quite reminiscent of that, isn't it? Just, yeah. just a guy who's struggling out there, so hopefully and he can turn that around. Like Hendry, Weah, a lot of these guys, it'll be an outright flop for Celtic. Doesn't mean to say they have went on no, bad careers no. or are bad players. It just 
didn't work out for them, just didn't look good enough for Celtic at the time. Maybe if they had got another move in between and then went to Celtic, it would have worked out. But I need to stick Simple Jack, as we disgracefully <laughs> named him, and as an outright flop. <laughs> You're right to point that out. They're not necessarily bad players, but this discussion really broadly, I know the, on the surface of it, we are basically just having a laugh at crap signings here, right? But it is ostensibly a chat about whether recruitment was good or not. And Jack Kendry falls into that. Yes, he was a good player, but it was bad recruitment, wasn't it? Because he didn't fit into anything yeah. Celtic were trying to do. So I suppose it's it still fits in in some way. Andrew Gutman. <laughs> right, there's nothing to say here. There's no. nothing to say. Andrew Gutman was a guy who, what, we signed at about 24 from... 44 uh, by the looks of him. Aye, from my high Oh, do, uh, do you know what? It's worth it because, do you remember, we, um, we had that meme of... Him next to Paul the Tim saying, oh, look at look how much weight I've lost or something like that. And it was he basically just looks like a slim down Paul the Tim. So we did have that. We'll always have those memories. So I Gutman is miserable flop. Never played a single second for, for Celtic. So that's <laughs> Project it. Stephen. A project. Is he not? He's he's lining up with um former Celtic ace Yakimakis now though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he's yeah, he's in the same lineup as them. So hey, all wasn't lost there. Right. Cut the shit with Goodman. He's gone straight into miserable flop after never playing a game. Now we're changing gears. Here we go. Moussa Dembele. Oh. Dembele. Again, there's very little to say here, isn't there? There's, I mean, that, we're not going to waste anyone's time. We're not going to insult anyone's intelligence by having any kind of jeopardy over this whatsoever. He's quite clearly a game changer and there's there's no debate about that, but we may as well sum it up anyway. Oh, tremendous, Stephen. A game changer the Holy Grail, the GOAT, whatever you want to call him. At the time, he was the best since Larson, in my opinion. Don't know if that still stands up, but oh, what a player. Just came in, scored goals, smashed it. I loved watching Scaled him. tons. Ah, a striker, very rarely do you get strikers at Celtic or anywhere really that can do a bit of everything. And oh, yeah. he could do that. He was physical enough. He was pacey enough. The calmness in front of goal, I have yeah. never seen the likes. Well, have we, Edward? He was fairly calm, but Moussa Dembele just loved it. Loved a penalty as well. All types of goals. What a player. What a signing. Immense. And it'll be interesting to see where he goes now because as of as of the time of recording, he's just uh, left his contract at Leon or, or his contract has expired, rather. Get the old band back also, together, Stephen. Yeah, it is. Bury well, the hatchet <laughs> Like an old wrestling feud, we'll get Brendan and Musa back together. Handshake on the the penalty spot or on the centre spot at Celtic Park, and we'll we'll all live together happily ever after. But I really don't. There's chat about him going to Saudi Arabia and all that. Oh, and I'm like, what a, what a damp squid that would be for for the guy's career. I mean, he's done well at Leon in various points, but so it's all a bit disappointing, really, because you thought the guy was. Go, was going to have it all friends Aye. caps everything you know in an alternate could universe he could have been have linked won the with World Cup. so he could be getting set up by <laughs> Ryan Kent doing stepovers in the halfway line it's a very hot environment to be doing stepovers on the halfway line and shooting for 40 yards for Ryan Kent in it but he does have who was it? I, I looked into their squad when he signed for for Fener, oh, no it's Fenerbahce he's away it's Fenerbahce Kent's yeah. away uh, so it's their rivals so Fenerbahce they've got a uh, Josh King and Inner Valencia, and who's the what other year one? Is it? I know. I was going to say it was like 2016 Premier League aces up front <laughs> for for Fenerbahce. There was another one. Can't remember who it was. Inner Valencia, Josh King, and 
Bashwai. Mitchie, Mitchie Bashwai is there as well. Another, you can still find him. I've really liked him. He was one of the ones I always thought Celtic should, yeah. should sign. Next up, Charlie Musonda. Oh. oh, what could have been. Oh, it could have been. Lovely, skillful player. Seemed to be that that kind of missing piece of the jigsaw. Creative player. What did we, we beat out? 36 clubs to his signature or something <laughs> shite like that overpaid for the, the loan fee and all that sort of stuff and oh, what, what, an assist against Zenit set yep. up Callum McGregor we'll against Zenit that. yep and then he played in that lovely strip with the gold trim uh, and the dark green hoops the sort oh, of dark green and green hoops uh, at Kilmarnock I think it was I think at Kilmarnock looked good in that pitch I, I know, poor guy, poor guy. No wonder his career, his knee exploded a couple of years later. But um, ah, Charlie was on that. There's nothing from the guy, nothing whatsoever apart from early promise. I remember us cooing, ooing, and eyeing watching him warm up one day because he was doing a lot of tricks. Uh, oh, just kind of warming up. Keep with, you up with yeah. his shins, Stephen. Keep you up with his shins. I'll always remember, have that. Remember, I'll always remember that, but absolutely nothing to the guy. It's, I'm afraid it's a miserable flop. Yeah, the money, everything involved, the reputation he came with and just contributed nothing but that assist. And like, you can maybe say yeah, he'll always have that, but for what we were paying for him, we never got anything near that. A miserable, miserable flop. And his careers, <laughs> unfortunately, went absolutely nowhere yeah, since then. Yeah. So it's not as if there's any evidence to say, ah, worked out from elsewhere. He's probably going to be retired before he's 30 years old. Yeah. Oh, we're hitting a rich vein of form oh, here. Oh, here we go. Kuwasi, the, <laughs> the, the new Scott Brown, <laughs> as he was known. No, It's weird because I've, I've, I haven't really prepared in any way for any of these individual players because I didn't want to... I wanted to basically just copy and paste the list of names into the, into the sophisticated randomizer and let them come at me. But it's weird how every time a name comes out, I'm just suddenly reminded of maybe just one standout thing to do with them, whether it's good or bad. And that that's just, it's like a, a word association game we're playing here. Do you remember when Abu Kuasi played in the the diamond midfield? He played He played as the, as part of a diamond midfield in some European game. It might even have been Zenit as well. Yeah, I think it actually. was. He started that I, game, I think it was. I, and that, that that was him. This was going to be his new role. Uh, the new Scott Brown didn't quite work out, but he was going to be on the left of a diamond midfield that we played in Europe. Again, nothing. Nothing for the guy whatsoever. It's Stephen, another miserable flop. The guy tried to play on with a cruciate ligament uh, injury <laughs> at that. Murrayfield. He'll always have that. <laughs> I've, look, yeah, fair fucks to him. It's kind of, it's no ideal, but it's like that, Old, it's, it's like one of those old romantic pieces of nonsense we believe like, or, or we'd like to think that our players would run through brick walls for us run off a cruciate injury he tried it and looked like an absolute yeah. tit doing it so. he's no Marvin Andrews is he see the, <laughs> oh, the thing with this is so we signed Kouassi the, he was the only signing in the January the invincible hmm. treble winning season yeah. as the new Scott Brown Scott Brown played that season and I think a further four for Celtic and then <laughs> so one did. for Aberdeen near enough. So yeah. at what point was this guy going to get to play football? It's like if people say, oh, Cal McGregor turned 30 this week, maybe we should look to start replacing him. Cal McGregor will probably play for another six years, Aye. possibly at Celtic. There's no danger that you need to be bringing somebody in to play instead of this guy that plays 60 games a season. 
Well, further context to that is, do you remember Scott Brown himself said that he only had two seasons left yeah. when Brendan Rodgers came in? So he went on to play another four or five or whatever it was seasons. Uh, could be argued that he probably only did have two seasons left in him when he said that right enough, because the last two weren't particularly great. But uh, suffice to say, Ibu Kawase did not replace him. Next up, Oliver Burke. Really. <laughs> It's good, this, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, they were just listing absolute duds from the past. <laughs> uh, Oliver Burke, I remember making an absolute tit of myself. Uh, that's twice I've said the word tit there. Oh. I'm not, not, not quite happy with that. So hoping no kids are listening to this. Obscene language. But a, an absolute clown show of myself talking about how Oliver Burke looks purpose built for this league. He's got the pace, he's got the power. He can finish because he scored a couple of goals earlier on. He looks like the ideal striker for the Scottish game. Yeah, didn't quite work out like that, did it? Um, the thing is, he did, I mean... <laughs> he did everything but football uh, ability. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. I, I quite like, and it's a, it's a guy that will probably come up in this list as well. I don't know how far down the list he's likely to be, but I think I, I just like the idea of when footballers have like a superpower and see when it's like super speed that he's like ultra strong and he's amazing there, or even like a long throw or something like that. I remember that was when, uh, what's his face... But Moritz Bauer Moritz Bauer came in he had a massive long throw but then he see one of them right? I've only I th- seen I think a long just... jacket that was it <laughs> that's right but I think I've, since I was a kid I just I just really like the idea of having of a, a footballer having a particular set of skills uh, a superpower as it were and I think Oliver Burke had the speed that, I mean there's an argument to be made was not really an argument because speed isn't all that subjective yeah, can't teach pace, Stephen. Can't yeah, teach exactly. So he's probably the fastest player who ever played for Celtic, really, because he comes up in all these things about how you know such and such recorded the fastest sprint of the Premier League season. Oliver Burke was in those yeah. uh, before, like before and after he played for Celtic. Like he, he was ridiculously fast, but he was crap, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> terrible at football. That's the thing. It was so fast, and you're like, oh, this guy. We use his pace. Never seen it once, Stephen. Never no. seen it once. The things that stand out are the counter-attack goal against Hearts when uh, Neil Lennon's first game after yeah, the yeah. rat had left us <laughs> uh, and then the dribbling the ball off the line and wide <laughs> against Livingston and with Celtic Drew 0-0. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, An he empty hard drive as he was described, wasn't he? That's, that's right, yeah. By his coach at Leipzig, was that? I think. Yeah, yeah I think it was Leipzig. His own coach, Stephen. His yep. own coach. So yeah, no doubt about it. A miserable flop once again. Next up, another change of pace here. Another another hard right turn here. Odson Edward. Oh. Again, very little to say about the guy that we haven't covered many, many times, particularly in our uh, best strikers or best striker since Larson video that we did uh, some weeks ago now. The up there with the best. Now, it's, it's a matter of opinion, really, a matter of preference as to whether you believe he is the best or not. And Kyogo has come along and probably changed that paradigm even further. So he is up there with the best strikers we've had in a, in a couple of generations, Odson Edward. A fantastic signing. Oh, tremendous, Stephen. And when you're mentioning players there, like if we go in reverse order, Celtic have got Kyogo just now. Previous to that, we had Edward. Previous to that, we had Dembele. Previous to that, we had Lee Griffiths, who at that time was good. And then previous yeah. to that, we had Gary Hooper. What a run of strikers that is, man. Scott that is McDonald. In- yeah, yeah, incredible. But uh, these guys, all brilliant. But Odds and Edward, 
we did crown him the best uh, since Larson at the time. We maybe need to revise that with Kyogo, but what a player, man. A guy, Kyogo, Dembele, they are guys that scored goals, sco- could score great goals, could score all, type of, all types of goals. Odson Edward was the type of guy that could win you a game by himself because he was different from those other two. Yes, they could score goals at win games, but I, f- I just felt Odson Edward could score any type of goal. He's yeah. Rarely do we see a striker that you can give the ball 35 yards out and he'll beat a few players and score. Another one calm in front of goal, nothing seemed to phase him. It's just a shame we had that 10-in-a-row season where apparently down tools, but he was still head and shoulders above everybody else odd, yeah. in the goal-scoring yeah. charts, wasn't he? It was still 20-odd that, that last fateful season, which, it, well, I mean, it didn't work out for very many people at all, but at the very least, he contributed his part. You could have the debates over whether that could have been better or not, but he did contribute that season, and really very few other players can probably say that, to be honest. I mean, it didn't work out for, for many people at all, but Alton Edward, again, not going to waste any time here. 100% game-changer, in, in more ways than one, because he remains a record signing and an absolute yeah. bargain at that. I mean... How many how many teams' record signings was an absolute bargain when you think about it? We could have, we could have paid twice that for him, and he still oh, would have been worth it. To be honest, no brainer, Stephen. And as a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B two B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. If you haven't heard already, it's Smooth Sack Summer. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're scaped from pubes to bum. That's right, this summer, keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming are making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pant partners everything we need to stay fresh. The wording gets worse. Dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code TIMS, T-I-M-S. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. They've built the ultimate grooming bundle for your summer grooming. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor. A new multifunction on-off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn on the 4,000K LED spotlight on 
turning off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is stunning quality, waterproof too? <laughs> Beach, lake or shower, this razor will devour even the strongest pubes. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping, when you insert the code T-I-M-S, TIMS at manscaped.com. It's smooth sack summer, boys. Get on board or get left behind. Emilio Izaguirre, Mark II, is one of Brendan, <laughs> is one of this, Brendan Rogers' signings. This is the one where I remember... We, we were recording in, uh, in yours at the time and Jamie just said when he signed that this is a red flag yes, for me and it, yeah. it was the, the biggest red flag in Brendan Rodgers' tenure that we had let this guy go for a season, hadn't <laughs> replaced him and our best our best option for somebody to come in and stead him was to re-sign him after he'd been in, what, Saudi Arabia? Yep, yep. That was never going to work out either, Emilio. No. I mean, oh, come on, what were we doing here? And another, uh, a deal brokered by crack super agent Paul the Tim. That's another reference he's had on this podcast. That was, remember that was the chat at the time that he'd phoned up Emilio said, do you want to come back? <laughs> or, or something along those lines and somebody told Brendan Rodgers and then oh, I'll take him back no a terrible sign and my main memory about him was that he was yeah a year on a year slower a year further off the pace for a for a team that wanted to do something in Europe he was dreadful against Valencia that season when, oh. you know, when Valencia basically walked over the top of Celtic uh, so no that did not work out look the guy the guy did well for Celtic ages 10 12 years ago or whatever it was when he was at his, his peak and he, he was brilliant for the first season or two but at this point no no long long past it I mean he's another one of those examples we spoke about recently about how you shouldn't go back but you certainly shouldn't go back after you were that on the uh, over the hill and having just played in an absolute at the time footballing backwater this is pre-Cristiano Ronaldo said the Arabia yeah. anyway let's put it that way so yeah and a, a miserable flop sadly for for the for the former fans favourite Marion Schved <laughs> Marion Schved if you forgot about him so did I and so did Brendan Rodgers Brendan Rodgers the signing he wasn't aware of the one he didn't want and the maybe one of if not the first one of the biggest signs that things had gone to shit behind the scenes at Celtic yep. was that Brendan Rodgers signed or quote unquote signed in big Lenny quotation marks Marion Schved and not only did he not know about him basically didn't want him either no. so yeah what, what an encouraging sign that was that ah, was brilliant. Well, it, this was the one he said they had a million wingers <laughs> and Marion Schved, having a look at his career, had went outside of Ukraine once to Sevilla, got homesick and went home and Celtic thought it would be a brilliant idea to then go and sign him and bring him to Scotland. A ridiculous signing, one of those ones that when you watch his highlights think, oh, there's a player here, but when you see him, you realise the guy He's just not got it. I remember myself and Tom went to a reserve game up at Lennox Town. He scored in the game, but his performance was absolutely pitiful. Him and Sorrow played in the game. Yeah. And Sorrow, Sorrow looked all right, actually. He could maybe see, do you know what? He's he's a busy player, but Marion Schved, look, 
they were shouting at him to get back. He was just the one of the most inept and lazy performances I've ever seen. And then because he scored a goal, people were saying he should get a chance. And I remember Tom saying to people, I was at the game. It was yeah. garbage. Terrible. For that, didn't he? I think people were criticising Tom online yeah, yeah. for it. When, when yeah, I think um, there was a few people saying, oh, there's a uh, 20 minute Tim's being contrarian or whatever it was. Like, but we were at, actually at the game. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And, I and watched other him, people, mate. He was yeah. crap. So and then, I, I remember it vividly. He said yeah. that the story about this game is going to be Schwed scored, but it does not tell the story of it whatsoever. No, it was a tapping, uh, if I remember rightly as well. And I think with Schwed as well, it's one of those ones that when we drew Shakhtar this year and they thought he's going to come back to haunt us, he didn't. He did score against us, it was rightly disallowed, but he did absolutely nothing in the games to show that we were wrong to let him go. Another outright flop, Stephen. A miserable, miserable flop. It's it's well as we've already established, it's nothing to do with Brendan Rodgers. But I remember Brendan Rodgers doing something similar in the past, and that he signed Mario Balotelli for Liverpool. And there's a wee bit of debate as to whether he was responsible for that as well. That was the kind of yeah. transfer committee or whatever they had at the time. But I feel like Brendan Rodgers in this period in his career had entered into captain save a prick mode. Like Marion Schwed arrived, <laughs> arrived with the reputation that he's had. He had a stinking attitude. Quite how that didn't appear in our due diligence on being done on a player, but the, the word on the street was he had a stinking attitude, and lo and behold, he had a stinking attitude at Celtic. I remember, remember he came on, he came on at a home game, and Ross Scott County. Brown was, I remember was being Ross County. Scott Brown was absolutely spewing at him, like shouting at him, and all. he did absolutely nothing, barely moved. So now the, it was clear the guy had an absolutely honking attitude. Came back to play against us for Shakhtar was it last season yeah. um, in the Champions League. So, nah, absolutely nothing. Another dismal flop. Uh, look, attitude's a lot in football, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like, like the name you mentioned there, Balotelli, people go, oh, what a talent, what a talent. Was he, but was he? No, no, He's no. now... I don't even know if he's still playing, but he was at the champion because he was at the Champions League final. I was thinking about it recently. That the guy just, I he was good at one point, but if you're not going to match that with putting in any effort, his career tanked. He'd one good season, I think, aye, when he twelve years ago. Nice, aye. Aye. It, everybody's expect oh he's going to explode onto the scene and that. He had a good Euros. So what? Euro twenty twelve. <laughs> I know. Right, aye. So. Miserable flop for Marion oh, Schwed. Va- Vacuum Isuf Bio. Speaking of miserable flops, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to pop him in, aren't we? We're just going to yeah. pop him straight in, straight in a miserable flop. He was the guy, he didn't actually ever score at Celtic Park, did he? Because he got that brace against Hearts and then Craig yeah, Levine Craig took him off him. Sent off against, who was that in the, the Europe? Lille? Was it Rennes? No. Ren, One Ren, of the Ren. French, yeah, whatever. Yeah. French, French are French, you know. Um, so I think it was Ren's. Oh, it was because he the did the um, former, uh, the future Chelsea keeper. Uh, that that was um, aye, the the Chelsea the keeper Chelsea went on to sign. So I did him sent off, <laughs> sent off immediately after coming on. I think so. Nah, I mean miserable flop. I remember it caused uh, a few should never have let him go. Rumbles online when he signed for Watford. Is uh, anyone still saying later. that? <laughs> Uh, he signed for Watford for about five million. Don't think he's done anything for them either. So yeah, and another should never have let him go. But really, we should. Miserable flop for Bio. Daniel Arzani. <laughs> oh, speaking of guys, told you that was Rogers a Rogers. Like is that three in a row? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even have told you that was a Roger sign, and that feels more recent than that. Oh, uh, poor, poor Daniel Arzani. Poor, poor lad. Uh, we took him. You know, he, this was one of those deals that Man City had picked him up. 
uh, from somewhere and immediately looked to put him out on loan. So we were the takers there. We'd had success in the past. We'd had a lot of success signing players from Man City, particularly Paddy Roberts, who, who we will come on to. Patience, patience, Melly, we will come on to Paddy Roberts. But this <laughs> came off hot in the heels of that, or in the, the post-Patrick Roberts hole in our hearts uh, phase that we were going through. Seemed like it was going to tick that box. I remember him coming off the bench against Dundee. Again, possibly a midweek game. It yeah. may have been nutmegged a couple of players. His knee exploded. That was it. It was all over. A two-year loan... <laughs> two years and he played twice I think in that time probably I wonder if it's the the player who's been contracted to Celtic the longest it, on the surface of things a first team player who has made the fewest appearances or um, played the fewest minutes <laughs> I think we might have another contender for that coming up oh, at really some point <laughs> but uh, Azani we'll, we'll always have that midweek game but the thing I remember from him, I can't. I think it was the Rosenberg, uh, Rosenberg qualifier. Might um, might have been the AK, but I'm sure it was Rosenberg going to that game. And on the way there, we found out that John McGinn Celtic had fucked it, and he was going to <laughs> Aston Villa. And the way he appeased that was to announce that Daniel Arzani, Arzani was signing on a two-year loan from Man City from Peter Lawl's pal. And then Brendan Rogers interviewed before, and he's like, I've not heard of him. And you're like, what is going on at my club? We're in oh, Champions League. back. Can't wait. <laughs> We're in Champions League qualifiers here, the biggest matches of our season. Our manager's just told us he's been handed a signing. He doesn't know who he is. And the guy he wanted to sign is just signed for Aston yeah. Villa under Steve Bruce. You're like, oh, man. Villa even in the Championship then? I can't remember. Mm, I think yeah, they probably. were. Uh, yeah, let's. Run it back with Brendan Rodgers in the law so let's do it all let's do it all again, <laughs> brother. It worked so well the last time. Right, Daniel has any complete flop, of course, barely played in a two year contract. Scott Sinclair, really, let's kick it up a notch again here. Scott Sinclair. Again, no jeopardy, goes straight in a game changer, an absolutely wonderful signing. I, I nearly I nearly spoiled it. See when I said at the top of this podcast that you know, even thinking about Brendan Rodgers and thinking back to the players and the strips. Both of those examples are Scott Sinclair now. I've yeah. immediately started picturing Scott Sinclair with that haircut in that first strip, the Invincible Treble strip. Fantastic player. Absolutely oh. brilliant signing. One of the best wingers I've had in my lifetime, if not the best. There's maybe arguments to be had there. Celtic have had a lot of great wingers, but Scott Sinclair was absolutely superb. Unstoppable for a time. Yeah, he's such a strange player, mate. I can't... He was brilliant, but... I, I, he's not one of the best wingers we've had. He was just I, yeah, the most effective, probably the most effective wide player Celtic have ever had. Similar to Abada, where he'd do absolutely nothing and then score. But Sinclair is miles above Abada. Just that first season, see if you just take it as that. That it's one of the best seasons I've ever seen anybody yeah. have at Celtic, possibly the best. Well, Larson get fifty three goals, some top pish, but Scott Sinclair <laughs> absolutely tremendous. Basically scored in every single game he played in near enough yeah. from the first second he came on the pitch against Hearts at Tynecastle. Just an utterly inspirational signing. Just scored that touch with his foot and then bent it round. Did it so many times. Brilliant goals. Hun Scalper, just absolutely tremendous. Dropped off a wee bit in the second season, but was still brilliant up to the, the very end. And then 
that was all she wrote with Scott Sinclair. He couldn't get that form back, but that's kind of how he's be, his whole career's yeah. been. He's been since Celtic again. In fact, his whole career, he's just got to where he was and then dropped down level after level after level. And I always kept an eye on him at Preston and he was just finding himself on the bench a lot. And then I think he loaned out and I don't even know if he's playing anymore. I think he might have. Yeah. But one thing he is, Stephen, he is jacked these days. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Jacked. Absolutely and diced. Shamefully, shamefully, Glasgow Life have got some weird obsession with him and he- <laughs> Helen Flanagan oh, yeah, yeah. that we still, I still comes up on my Twitter or something that, that spotted somewhere or they're back together. Why is obsessed with these people, man? <laughs> what is wrong with you? But what a player, Stephen, what a player. I'm no detective, right? Not anymore, anyway. Not, not, <laughs> now, that I'm, now that I'm a world-class podcasting. podcaster. <laughs> I'm not a detective, right? But Stephen, I just see constant pictures of Helen Flanagan and Scott Sinclair trying to impress people with their amazing bodies and all that. I just think, just get back together. <laughs> just, skip, just, just skip this part. <laughs> Just skip the the clearly focused Instagramming. Just pick up the phone. Just pick up the phone. We know who this is for. We know who this is for. But anyway, we'll leave their private lives to them. Scott Sinclair, absolutely tremendous, clear game changer. I know what you mean there when you said even you said he's not like the greatest winger. He's not a he's not like a crowd pleasing winger. He's not like a Paolo Di Canio. Ah, he's like a wide forward. Is he is he probably in attacking style? He's maybe even closer to Dyson Ryder than he is to someone like uh, Paolo Di Canio uh, like Jota or Paolo Di Canio or something like that he's, he's, he's very direct very effective he's much more effective than Dyson Maida is at goal scoring clearly right much more effective at that but in terms of his just direct put the head down running style he's probably closer to that than a, a traditional sort of stereotypical winger like like we get with Jota and Di Canio and all the way back to like Johnston even Forrest is more of a kind of traditional yeah. winger than, than Scott Sinclair was so I know what you mean by that but he's clear game changer clear Christian Gamboa <laughs> oh, Stephen, I know you mentioned uh, Paddy Roberts earlier, but I'll let you go with this one, Stephen. Christian favourite of yours, inexplicably. The thing is, when I that was, I mean, that's, that's a very long time ago. Now there will be people listening who don't even remember me having an inexplicable cult following, a solo cult following of Christian Gamboa. I just liked him. I just liked yeah. his style. So it I just, sometimes, it? yeah. And and he's another one of those guys who falls into that Oliver Burke category where I think about, um, I think I mentioned it earlier actually, a guy who turned up with a superpower. Yep. The chat about him was that he was one of the fastest players in Europe when he signed. I'd never particularly seen it at the time because he was he was at West Brom. But I remember that that being the sort of the whispers on the wind that we we get this absolute flying machine. Couldn't defend at all, <laughs> really. I remember he set up a couple of goals against Partick Thistle, and I thought, right, we've got we've got a hero here. <laughs> but I, I I did think he was okay. I thought he was uh, all right. I just I, he was effective enough, enjoyable enough to watch. But never just not quite good enough, really. I, I just I saw a lot of myself in him. I mean that purely platonically there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a little bit of myself in him. But I, I remember I thought to myself, see if I get a game for Celtic tomorrow, that's what I would play like. Aye. I'd be running and running and running, no particularly great defence, no particularly positionally aware, but I'd be I'd be given similar performance and effort uh, to that. So I I, I just had a I, I found them to be a kindred spirit. But yeah. he didn't do anything for Celtic, let's face it. What did they make about 15 appearances or something? Can I shock you, Stephen? 
I think yes. it's 31 appearances I've what? got here. And I, I, I would have to, I really should have checked that because it doesn't seem right. But I do remember <laughs> a game at Far Hill, he was decent, a yeah. couple of assists. But I do remember did they not playing in the Champions League against Barcelona. And His he, debut. Uh, I think they played him right wing back, Lustig, uh, Sviachenko and... Touré is centre-backs and oh, Tierney yeah. left-wing-back and he was absolutely roasted. I think <laughs> Neymar and Suarez and Messi had an absolute field day out there. A torrid time against Kings like Coman, Coman uh, uh, and against Bayern Munich fair, as well. most people do. Baptism of fire, wasn't it? Yeah, baptism of fire. But he wasn't a particularly great defender. I can, is, it, is he a miserable flop? Did he come with any any expectations? Was he... Was he meh? Was he? Because he... Lustig, we were sort of trying to replace Lustig, but uh, we weren't. He was still a decent player at the time. It was sort of a backup signing. Just for you, Stephen, I'll put him in as meh. <laughs> I, th- I think that's I think that's appropriate because he's inoffensive, isn't he? He's not like yeah. absolutely terrible like the the rest of the the names we've put on here. I know that's quite harsh on the likes of what's his face? Can't even remember his name. Andrew Gutman, who didn't uh, get I a chance to I can't rack him with Gutman, Bio, <laughs> Buck. Ozani, Azagiri, <laughs> Musonda. I can't. All right then. We'll we'll give him we'll give him a meh then. <laughs> Christian Gambo is a meh did a job. Mar- Marvin Comper. <laughs> oh, see, we of... can't break up in with him. <laughs> <laughs> so who did he play against? Was it Greenock Martin? Yeah. Greenock Martin, and that was it. It was it 45 it. minutes against Green at Martin, the German oh, international was it Marvin 60 Comper. Minutes or something? Was it 60? Right, yeah. okay. Right. 60 minutes against the uh, Green up Martin, and that was it. an extraordinary sign. And if you were to look back, if the purpose of this was to identify the moments that it went wrong, and we've been talking about that kind of along the way, these Aguirre was clearly a red flag and all that, but Whale Comper wasn't immediately a red flag. You don't look at that, who, he was about, what, 31 maybe? 31, had played one cap for Germany, left-sided centre-half, had always played at a fairly decent level. Yeah. Was, it, was it Leipzig, I think he played for? Yeah. Um, there's nothing that screams outright like miserable flop about that before he signs but the truth is he, t- he didn't do anything <laughs> didn't no. do anything at all he wasn't particularly bad because he just didn't play at all I don't know why he was signed I don't know how he was signed but signed he was and play he didn't yeah I remember the, the Morton game just thinking it looks agony when he's running absolutely agony he just looked so slow and it just looked so painful for him took him months I'm sure to even make his debut because I think he signed like sort of December time for the January and then took him ages to play and that that was all she wrote about him I remember a, a friend of the show Frank he a guy at his gym was a trainer I think he was a boxing a coach and he was training in Cham and then Cham oh, would yeah. just tell him about all the players and he just said about Compere oh he's not got it, he's painfully <laughs> slow or something, he's, he, he looks terrible in training so uh, just just never going to work out for the guy, signed in the same window as Jack Hendry so oh. that tells you all you have to know about Celtic's business that January so he's a flop, isn't he? Because oh, of all the, because of all the previously listed reasons, the fact that it should have made sense on paper, it should have been a fairly decent signing for Celtic. An easy get if you're going to go and pay a million quid for a German. I know it's only one cap, slightly misleading, but a German international from from Leipzig or had previously played for Leipzig. 
it should have been better than that, really. Aye. So, aye, miserable flop. Was he 33 when he signed? So, oh, was he? Is he older next I, I can't remember if it was 31 or 33, but I'm sure it was a three-year deal, man. And that's why I was like, hold your horses when you were talking about uh, Arzani. <laughs> so, so, pro rata, an average of 20 minutes per year of that contract then. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not bad going. It's <laughs> good if you can get it. <laughs> Philip Benkovic. Philip Benkovic, another centre-half. Oh. Uh, my, he is the epitome of me, isn't he? Isn't it? That's my first instinct. It was he came in another guy who should have been good, should have been a good sign, and he was the one we we'd been gazumped the previous year. He went Aye. to Leicester. I think Celtic had shown some interest in him. He went to Leicester for about fifteen million. Celtic were never going to pay that, of course. Ended up on loan at Celtic. He was just, he was all right. He's all right, but he was another one of those kind of like Jozo. He fitted the bill of a centre half, but the. The image was a lot better than the actual reality, wasn't it? He yeah. like, looked like a centre half. He, the name, crack name for a big bruising centre half. Played in the yep. left side, exactly. decent with yep. the ball. Just All wasn't very strong, and just yeah. couldn't couldn't keep himself fit. I just and again another guy that's career has just plummeted and plummeted. He's been tossed out on loan places. Yeah. There was one point at Leicester where. He just gets sent to one of the feeder clubs because they didn't have anywhere oh, yeah. else for him to go. Just another guy that I think people's memories are a bit distorted with him. Like, ah, we should have tried to sign him. Like, he barely played for us. And when he did, I just don't think he was very good. I think, I think he made about 20 appearances, which I cannot believe either. So, mm, nah, yeah. right in the middle there, meh. Yeah, absolute super meh. Did a job. Yeah, it was okay. He was all right. He was another one of those guys who, for the next probably four or five windows, it was a case of like, oh, let's get Benkovic back because his career was stalling every let's single not. time. Yes, let's not, and we never did. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Perhaps the climax here. Oh. Well, maybe even literally. Patrick Roberts. <laughs> Patrick Roberts. Stephen. Uh, yes. Can I shock you? Meh. What? Behave yourself. He's no, a no, meh. No, no, no. No. Love him. You know that, you know I've yep. got the shrine here for him, you know I'll always love him. But this was the second coming of Patrick Roberts. Mm-hmm. We'd had the dialer and we had the Invincible. This was him, Rogers, signing as he came for the second loan stint for that year. So oh. that has to be taken into consideration, right. doesn't it? Because he was brilliant under Rogers, yep. but was that still technically under the dialer loan? Yeah, it was an 18 month. Oh, wow. Oh, Weebay from the wire meme. I'm, I'm doing that right now. Oh, holy shit. I didn't take that into account. You're right. Wow. What a twist. Yeah, what a twist. Could, Patrick Roberts is make an argument for outright flop, but oh. I can't allow that. I can't. Wow. What a twist. Patrick Roberts yeah. is meh. The, the only time he'll ever be considered meh is through a loophole, through a legal <laughs> loophole. We have got the. But remember the, legal the fanfare? Team. Over that summer, like, Number will he, seven. won't he, will he come back? What's happening? I remember, like, an absolute virgin. I even dm Stephen <laughs> McGowan to ask him what was happening. He's like, it's happening. He came back, number seven. It was going to be brilliant. Did the wee video coming through? I'm back or something like that, he said. And it just didn't work out. He was couldn't keep himself fit. Remember, at Motherwell away, yeah. his hamstring went and he was That's out right. for months. It was just, it just didn't work out, man. 
Yeah, well, I was not expecting that, but you've charmed me on that. That is, a, that is something I had overlooked in the details of it. I hadn't, I remembered it was two separate loans. One was a 18 month and I think another one was a year, but I had, I'd get my mixed up, I got my deadlines and my windows mm. mixed up there. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And a, an astonishing turn of events <laughs> sees Patrick Roberts ditched into meh, did a job by 20 minute Tim's extraordinary stuff. <laughs> Lewis Morgan, really. Lewis oh. Morgan. Just shove him in there as well. Aye, you're going straight in beside Patrick Roberts. You're meh. Uh, I, I, don't, I think it's I think a bit it harsh be... on him. Yeah. Another one that maybe if he'd have signed at Celtic a season or t- went somewhere else then went to Celtic. But I remember listening to an interview, a podcast with him and he said, I never got to play my position at Celtic. No, Whatever. No. He, he obviously played up front in the League Cup final, didn't he? Uh, the Julian one. But he was... Whatever he was, a left or a right winger. I think he was a right winger because he was left footed. He cut in, and but he always get played on the left or up front for Celtic. Mm. So, but he's had a great career out in America yeah. since mm-hmm. then. So fair play to the guy. I think it would be very harsh to call him an, a miserable flop. I don't think he was that. I think he did okay at Celtic, to be honest. It was the European game he played through the middle as well, wasn't it? I think it was a centre forward again, one of the French teams. I think we played yeah. against. It's, I think it would have been Ren again, eh? Yeah, I thought it would have been Ren. Um, so I, I keep. He was okay. He's another one that's popped up a couple of times over the years about how we should never have let him go. There's a, there's a theme developing through this. But, and he's he's back in minds, hearts and minds just now because Yakimakis has scored 10 goals out there. People are saying, oh, look, we should never let him go. That's shocking. Ange clearly fucked him over. The counter to that is, but Lewis Morgan bangs him in over there as well. So <laughs> really, what, what, what does it necessarily prove? But I think, I think it's, as with a lot of these things, Goes right in the middle, and he's a he's a meh, Lewis Morgan. Yeah. Feel free to disagree. Get involved. Get involved with the comments. Tell us how wrong we are. Tell us we're dicks after the fact here. Kuntai Benyu. Kuntai Benyu is the latest name spat out by Timsey 3000. Miserable flop, Stephen. Give me the next one. I, wow. can't, I can't say anything apart. I've got nothing apart from that. I've got can nothing. I, I cannot charm you here. <laughs> <laughs> Celtic never conceded a single goal with Kuntai Benyu on the pitch. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I think he made five appearances, right? Did he? So, I'm yeah, shocked so they, that. I, I think maybe two of them were starts, but they never conceded a single goal with Gundai Benio on the pitch. The only time, I, only things I can remember about him were he played against Leon in the maybe one of the early indications that we were going to stop reacting to preseason friendlies oh, <laughs> back terrible. in those days of the podcast. Because Gundai Benio came on, step overs ahoy, looked like an absolute world beater against Leon. And really, that was it. But the main thing that sticks in my head, that that thing, that word, word association thing I mentioned earlier, was that when Celtic were drawing nothing each with Rosenborg at home. Oh, I, the aforementioned game. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers brought on Ken Kundai Benyu to try and rescue the game and left a certain Callum McGregor <laughs> as an unused sub. <laughs> now, I know that's not today's Callum McGregor, but still, looking back, probably the wrong call at the time. Brendan so yeah miserable flop he he was a guy he went on to play for Wildston or Wildston I don't know Aye. how you pronounce that please forgive me but the thing they're most famous for is having that obnoxious no little fans. man yeah you got your no fans uh, <laughs> that, that guy he wants him so they, that's the thing they're most famous for and Kundai Ben you ended up there after playing for Celtic so <laughs> <laughs> Manny Perez again, oh, right? just yeah, yeah, just straight in the bin, straight in the straight in the miserable flop. Exact same as Andrew Gutman. Who cares? Um, so 
that's that's another one for that miserable flop. We're ending on a, a high here, Stephen, oh, with yeah. these ones, because I can think of at least one we've not done. Right. Well, okay. I think there's, there's maybe only three or four left here, so so we're not going to waste any time on Manny Perez because he didn't waste any time on the Celtic pitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> Colaturi. Colaturi. Oh. That, that, that might be a slightly contentious one because I think mm-hmm. there are there are certainly highs and lows to discuss with Colaturi. I think in the positive side of the ledger for Colaturi, maybe I'm... One of the significant reasons that Celtic managed to qualify for the Champions League oh, that that season, 100%. where he was playing well, yeah, held the, the defense together really well. But and after that, O'Connell, it, Stephen, of oh, course, he deserves right. credit for this. Back back in the old days, where that, I mean, this is where the jokes came from. About remember, we used to turn up for qualifiers with absolutely nobody at the centre of defense. Colaturi came in and did his job there. But really, after that, you're kind of looking at a fairly sharp decline. Seventeen kind appearances. Of Seventeen appearances slowly trickling downhill until it went right off the cliff oh. two games in a row I think maybe yeah. Borussia Mönchengladbach and uh, the Motherwell the, the mother game but I uh, was absolutely Lewis small retired them basically yeah basically I, he looked completely gone by that point 17 appearances so I, I think it's I think miserable flop no chance because no. he actually did achieve something did for Celtic job, didn't he yeah game changer I think is it would be excessive so I think he's meh did a job yeah. but but with a wee asterisk in there a gold star of a meh that did a job fondly a remembered meh. yeah yeah and it's just it, no matter what you say it is lovely to have Colo Turi a club in it just yeah. a happy guy achieved so much in the game the song everything about him came in held that defence together and then that was us. So I think I retired, became a coach, might be coming back. I Just yeah. just a likeable guy, uh, always fondly remembered, despite I'm only playing for, what, three months of the season before mm, yeah. those games, possibly a wee bit more. But aye, meh, but as you say, a wee asterisk. Agree with everything you say. We love likeable, happy guys. Jeremy <laughs> Tolyan. Uh, <laughs> The unhappiest of happy guys. (laughs) The most fucking miserable prick I've ever seen playing at Celtic in my life. The most Disney want to be here guy I have ever seen play for Celtic. Didn't look like he enjoyed a single second of his time here. Pretty lukewarm performances, to say the least. Fairly poor. Terrible in Europe. Was that Valencia as well? That was Valencia away, wasn't it, where he gets sent off? for just doing the same thing over and over again. He kept just pulling people's shirts. He kept getting the wrong side of the ball and then pulling someone's shirt and he gets sent off. I even think the ref was like, mate, please stop this or I will have to send you. <laughs> One of those referee shrugs. Like, come, come on, man, give a chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, terrible. Absolutely terrible. A miserable a miserable flop, a miserable player. And uh, yeah, I was glad to see the back of him, to be honest. Another one of those ones where it should have been, it should have been better than that. Huh? Played, always Dortmund played at a good back. level. Yeah, yeah, always played Crap. at a good level. Should have worked it for Celtic. And yeah, it, it certainly didn't. So, miserable flop. Last, last oh. by no means least. Oh, I know it is, Stephen. I think you know who's coming here. It's midfield general, Yusuf Malumbu. I can't believe he's been coughed up last in this in many ways very fitting because it was the end of Brendan Rodgers as well yeah. the end of this list uh, coincides with being the end of Brendan Rodgers Malumbu a free transfer Stephen signed yep. after the transfer window shut <laughs> that <laughs> tells you everything about Celtic's summer dealings that, that Ian we know for a fact that Celtic were alerted to his availability 
by an article in the Daily yep, Record. That's right. This is what Celtic were at the time. Yeah, a, a guy who had done a great, great job for Kilmarnock. That was the miraculous period of Kilmarnock's history where they finished third. He and Greg Taylor and others, but they're they're the ones we clearly, for obvious reasons, focus on because they both don't want to play for Celtic. But the thing is, with the the wording of these categories, you can't put him in. Meh did a job because. Anytime he was asked to do his job, it was the exact opposite, wasn't it? It's a joke I've made before about how he was brought on to carry out a task in European games. He's the guy like you put on, it. Shore, th- shore things up, sort of stiffen things up in midfield, and he made it worse every Aye, single time he Come played. on and cause a bit of carnage. Not for us. Not, <laughs> not for us. Not for us. Or, or did you mean the opposition? Sorry, Aye. sorry, Gaffer. Sorry, Gaffer. Nah, Yusuf Malimbo was absolutely terrible. Aye, I remember the... Uh, the Kilmarnock away from home game and that again yellow and black top and we get beat and it was all over the place man like what are you doing you're now playing for Celtic not Kilmarnock a a terrible (laughs) signing that again just signalled where Celtic were going but at that time you're like what is going on with Celtic in that summer we signed Izagiri, Arzani, Malumbu and Benkovic you're like this is going tits up, lads. <laughs> yeah. With hindsight, we could have had Goodman, another category. Perez and Shved as well yeah. in that summer. Like, you're like, With hindsight, we could have had another category here. Game changer in a positive way and game changer in a negative way. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are guys throughout this list that we could have put into their own category that, because they all signalled something. In hindsight, they all signalled either a major red flag for the recruitment or the beginning of the end for something. And Mook Yusuf Malumbu absolutely falls into that category. Now, an absolute miserable flop. Right, that's it. That those are the twenty-seven players. So, in the interest of trying to build a narrative about Brendan Rodgers' recruitment, and I, as I've already established, not the only one to blame for all this because Lee Congerton could have been his name could have been on this podcast. So could Peter Lowell's. So, in the interest of trying to build some sort of narrative, come to some sort of conclusion about this recruitment, I'm going to go through the the categories here that we've built to see if it tells a story. <laughs> Game changer. So the ma- the major signings, the, the guys dogs. who absolutely the big dogs, the elite signings, the guys who drove Celtic onto the next level, along with Brendan Rodgers. So here are th- those names are as follows: Olivier Cham, maybe a controversial one, but he made it in there. Moussa Dembele, Odson Edward, Scott Sinclair. Four Oof. names in there. Four names in the game changers over what was it? Six transfer windows. Yep. Okay. Right. So the meh did the job category. We've got Scott Bain, Christian Gamboa, Philip Benkovic, Patrick Roberts, and and an explosive turn of events. We've got Patrick (laughs) Roberts in there. We've got Lewis Morgan and Colo Turi. So what's that? That's six names in there. Four, six. And in the miserable flop column, (laughs) (laughs) and what is a surprise that absolutely no one listening to this there's a fair few. <laughs> Dor- Doris DeVries, Johnny Hayes, Timo Weah, Jack Hendry, Andrew Gutman, Charlie Musonda, Iburi Kawasi, Oliver Burke, Emilio Izaguirre, Marian Shved, Vakun Bayo, Daniel Arzani, <laughs> Daniel... <laughs> and Marvin Comper, Kundai Benyu, Jeremy Tolyan, and Yusuf Malimbo. So what's that? That's What an end to the podcast that was there, Steve. And about four outright flops in a row. <laughs> right, I mean, 16? 16. 16 <laughs> absolute miserable flops. 16 out of 27 names were miserable flops. We so could, we could have been more vicious there and had a few more oh. in there, could we? We could have we've been very generous to the likes of Gamboa and probably Lewis Morgan as well. We could have we could have added that terrible. <laughs> so, so can we develop on this any further? So what are the, what are the breakdowns of the windows that this happened? So I think we've got 
as I said, six transfer windows under Brendan Rodgers. So it'll be yeah. So we left just after the 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 January window when Neil Lennon took over in, in the February. So that would be six transfer windows that Brendan Rodgers undertook at Celtic. What's the best window we had? As if I need to ask. Yeah, it it would be the first one, uh, yeah. Stephen. The the second summer was all right as well. Edward Robertson, Cham coming in, but Hayes and Ben, you were in there, but. Uh, the game changers after the first two windows, eh, the two summers, there's not a game changer in sight. So there's four <laughs> okay. windows with no game changers after that. And that sort of tells the story, doesn't it? The last two windows out of the 11 players signed, one gets a meh, the rest are <laughs> <laughs> Two transfer windows, two whole transfer windows, and the, the sum positive of it is one meh did a job signing. Yeah. Who who was that out of interest? Uh, that was Benkovic, and if you want to extend that... <laughs> Alone. <laughs> if you want to extend that from the January, summer, January, summer, they can add uh, out of a further five players, there's two mehs. So... Right. It's just, it's no good, is it? Right, so here's your story then. Couple of game changers early on. Couple of game changers come in after that and, and Cham and Cham and Edward come in after that. So there's two right up front, Dembele and Sinclair. Then this following summer, there's another two game changers and the rest of it is either meh or miserable flop, culminating in basically outright miserable flop for the last two transfer windows. The story is, started well, went downhill from there. <laughs> it's taken us, taken us over an hour to reach this startling conclusion that Brendan Rodgers, all of his uh, good recruitment was done in the first two summers. So there so we go. So Stephen, look, people are on here saying, I killed ditches after two seasons. Good. That's all we need. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we want, a, we want that absolute fraud chased out because of his recruitment towards the end. That is, that is the story of his time here. So we will get out of here after that that stunning Stunning revelation about uh, just before Brendan we finish, Rogers. Stephen, as well. The big signings were good. The ones we spent money on, whether they be wages or transfer fees, were good. The ones we didn't, oh shit. Funny that, isn't it? Get what you pay for <laughs> is the is the name of this podcast, really. Buy cheap, buy twice, or buy cheap, buy sixteen times, Stephen. Uh, okay, That's exactly. the Celtic way. Uh, buy cheap, buy twice, or get a load of absolutely useless loans in, as the old <laughs> saying goes. So uh, this is a, an entirely different podcast in itself, but really, is this unique to Brendan Rodgers, or was there just a higher expectation? It was see, when look at, at the time. I, see, when you look at Martin O'Neill's signings, did he really make any massive, like, properly After successful Bobo signings? Hartson, no. So that was 2002. So we basically went another three years without really making any good signings after that. Apart Bellamy, from but that was Craig Bellamy, of course, but that was yeah. a very short-term loan. So I think it's probably, there's even, like, Ange's just left and people are talking about the last window we had there. We've not signed any first-team ready players just yet. So it's in a way it's gone downhill. What we might really be stumbling across here is that it's fairly normal for this to happen yeah. for, for managers. But... Even if that is the case, still an awful lot of fun to troll back through these oh, names. Okay. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely tremendous. So, look, it's a it's a developing story, or maybe it's not. But we thought it'd be fun to to actually talk about Brendan Rodgers and how we felt about it. Because at any moment, as we keep saying, this could fall through and we'll end up absolutely up shit creek and running around looking for an alternative, just like the Eddie Howe thing. But as we found out before, that's not always a bad thing either. Yeah, Stephen. Just before we go, give me your favourite game changer and give me your favourite flop. <laughs> my favourite flop uh, 
if I could have such a thing. Probably, <laughs> is it easy, Gary? Or, uh, no, I, I don't want your fate. I want the ridiculous. Oh, the right. Ridiculous, so, sorry. Right, okay. The most notable flop here. It's got to be, if I take out guys like Gutman, Kundai Benyu, and what's his face, Perez altogether. Who I don't even, do you know what? I don't even think I mentioned him when I was reading it. <laughs> reading it, the flops. I think <laughs> Manny Perez hasn't even made it into the final list there. If I'm taking guys like that out, guys who actually played, it's probably the most ridiculous flop in there is maybe Schmidt. Oh, I'm Marvin, Marvin, Marvin. Comper. Aye, do you know what it is? It's Marvin Comper. He's 60 minutes against Greenock Martin, the Christ. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Do you know what? He's done well not to be as horribly remembered as Dewey because it's, yeah, it's basically the same thing in it it's basically the same thing uh, it's maybe not as inept but if you, all you've played is a portion of a game against a lower league opposition in your entire time at Celtic you're in Dewey category aren't you? <laughs> favourite game changer I'm <laughs> Tuffy I, I, I really made a big play for Edward to be the best striker since Larson on that video and I, I still believe that maybe Kyogo has has sort of changed that he's, he's probably dated it because he's just he's gone stratospheric since we recorded that so I still really like Edward but maybe Scott Sinclair time for Rogers time uh, it might Sinclair, be Scott Sinclair it? it might be I think it is as soon as we started talking about him I just I don't know I just had such a such a fondness I, I had a big smile on my face when we were talking about Scott Sinclair and he more than any other player yeah, like some, wait, there's guys here that we haven't spoken about because when you're talking about Brendan Rogers recruitment that he, that doesn't take into account at all the massive impact they had on players that were already there. So yeah. if you're talking purely about signings, that that's one thing. And then you're talking about guys who massively improved, like Scott Brown, James Forrest. You know, we talk about these all the time. Tom Roggett, Stuart Armstrong. So there, there are many players that remind me a lot of that era, but none more so than Scott Sinclair. I don't think no. none more so. Absolutely brilliant player and very fondly remembered indeed. And that'll about do is finally on a this. Bumper, on this Stephen, a bumper, Stephen, a bumper breakfast. It is a bumper on this absolutely roasting morning. I uh, <laughs> hope, everyone, hope everyone is having fun out there. The temperature out there is roasting hot. The takes on this are even hotter. <laughs> so, so we hope you have a good day. We'll probably do what is It's the close season. We are, as Jamie put it, standing by our beds at the moment that yep. we could be back any minute now reacting to the news that Celtic have appointed a new manager. So stay tuned for that. We will be ready and we'll jump straight on. So hopefully that is wrapped up in the next few days. We can only hope things are looking like Brendan Rodgers as much as it's an absolute mental fantasy it feels like at this point an absolute fever dream but it could be that and we could go back to the good old days or it could be an absolute disaster who knows but we're excited anyway buzzing for it so we will get out of your way for this fine day folks thank you very much for listening and thank you for sticking with us through the close season we've got stuff coming up we never truly go away so we will be back as soon as Celtic announce a new manager oh that's you ditched Ange's we never stop it's we never go <laughs> truly go away <laughs> trademark <laughs> that the title of my book coming up um, the, t- the title of my book coming up uh, now we never <laughs> we never truly go away so say goodbye Melly. goodbye and it's goodbye for me cheers folks Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.